Hello, Megan. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. You know, just hanging out in the closet. Yep. Normal, normal life. Normal place of hangoutness. <laughs> yeah. I just sit in my closet. Actually, I did sit in my closet earlier. I cleaned my closet, like hung everything up, did all my laundry last weekend. So it's just, it's really satisfying to sit in here and see all this organization. Thank you, home. I cleaned my closet earlier. My dog has this new habit where she finds my socks and then she takes them under my clothes. So then I have to like kind of filter through my clothes to find my dirty socks. She's Um, so clever, that little girl. And so I cleaned it earlier. I have not hung everything up though, but I have like too much laundry to do, so. I bought new hangers too. I bought pink velvet hangers and my goal is to- all is to have all matching hangers like I feel like that is when I will truly feel put together yes like seriously so since I'm moving in a couple months I'm literally just going to buy more hangers as time goes and just have all these extras for whatever and uh be really cute with my pink velvet hangers in my super cute and organized color-coded closet oh yeah because you got to go like TJ Maxx always has really good deals on hangers Mm, I got mine on Amazon Ooh, smart. It was it wasn't too bad. Now a closet organizing podcast. Story of our lives. We always go off on a tangent about something else, and this week it is organization. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but this is our last Enneagram episode ever. I know. Well, ever. Well, yeah. not ever. For now. <laughs> For now. Last in the series. Last in this series, which is crazy. Is super crazy. It went by very slowly, but also really fast. I feel like the last couple months have just been non-existent. They were here and then they were done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, time flies when you're busy doing the things. Yeah, it's a very it's very different from March, which felt like it was like 750 days. So. March and April literally felt like an eternity, and now it's literally almost October. Uh, next week is the start of October, which is wild absolutely wild um but we're here to talk about the sevens yeah and this is the enneagram type that i wish i was i love sevens a lot of people wish they were sevens i mean to be loved by everyone is my goal but to be loved by everyone for being fun that's awesome man i just if only um so let's talk about the sevens who are the sevens So the sevens are, like I said, the fun ones. Um, They're extremely extroverted, optimistic, super spontaneous. Um, They're always really high spirited and they have just an innate ability to find anything that is going to be fun. They would absolutely love to jump on a plane and go on an adventure any day of the week. Um, pretty much if you're looking for something to do, you can probably ask a seven and they have a list of fun things that you could go do. So that's kind of the positive sides. Yes. So when we talk about um, maybe some negative sides, or I guess just let's go straight into healthy, unhealthy, average sevens. What does an unhealthy seven look like? So an unhealthy? Yeah, let's go unhealthy. We'll start from the bottom. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. So an unhealthy um, seven, they have like used all of their energy 
And so they might fall into like some depression, mm-hmm. um, some anxiety, but they're still kind of doing things to avoid confronting those feelings. Um, they, one of the things about the seven is they have a huge deterrent from feeling pain. Um, they not want to feel negative emotions. They do not want to feel pain. Um, so they will run from those things. So fun fact, I actually typed as a seven the first time I took the test, um, which was so funny. I told one of my friends and I was like, I'm a seven. I, it's super like, that's a super fun type. And she was like, Megan, they'd run away from pain and negative emotions. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, no, <laughs> not you. <laughs> not you. Like, like, no. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. That's like the opposite of who we are. Honestly. Ooh, let me turn that on. Do not disturb. No worries. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're hiding from negative emotions. We don't want them. Um, yeah. But now we're an average seven. So how do we, how do we act? They are having trouble discriminating what they really need. Um, they become really hyperactive. So actually really funny, the seven that I know really well, um, he has ADHD. And so it's like extreme to the max because he's like, I have ADHD, but I'm also a type seven. Um, and so he's always doing fun things. Um, he is a kid in an adult body. That's hilarious. Really funny. But they're very hyperactive. They have trouble saying no to things. Um, they're just kind of throwing themselves into constant activity, looking for things that are going to keep them from being bored. They're always in like a perpetual motion. Gotcha. Okay. So now we're a healthy seven. Hopefully at this point we are embracing negative emotion in some capacity. Are we? A little bit. So you are a a healthy seven is able to kind of take experience with a depth. Um, They're more grateful. They're more appreciative of what they have. So a lot of times the sevens are just looking for more Mm -hmm. experiences. They're not really appreciating the experiences that they're having at the moment. Yeah. Um, And they're just kind of experiencing like boundless joy. Um, in the aspect of like joy that just comes from being themselves rather than looking for joy in like thrill seeking experiences or something like that. Um, so they do start to open up to those more negative emotions and start discussing those things. Um, but they are more so just accepting that they can be calm and they can be still and they can still feel joy. Love that. Okay. That's awesome. Um, okay. So what are their core fears and desires? So core fear is of being deprived or in pain. So they're going to just, they're going to avoid that pain at all costs. They're going to, um, they're going to make sure that they have all of their, kind of like the five, they're going to make sure they have all their resources, but they're looking for that in experience, not in knowledge. Interesting. And then their core desire is to be satisfied and to be content and to have their needs fulfilled. Um, so kind of like with the five, six, and seven, they're all in the same triad. And so you kind of see that um, pattern of like, they're all looking to have their needs fulfilled. It's some sort of material kind of almost. Yeah. Um, 
experiences, safety, knowledge, like they're looking for those things. That is kind of the mind triad. That's they're all they're all logical people. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. They do kind of seek like with the knowledge and the security and all that. I like that. Okay. Good to know about our mind triad friends. Yeah. Yeah. Their key motivation, they're always looking to like maintain freedom and happiness. Um, kind of like if you think of someone that has FOMO, a seven has major FOMO because they do not, they do not want to miss out on worthwhile experiences. Okay. Can't relate, but all right. I know. (laughs) Like that's fine and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. Go ahead. I was just about to ask you what's next. Um, well, they go to the five in growth. So they kind of start to mellow out. They start to look at, um, knowledge as something that's helpful. They go to the one in stress, which I know we talked about with the one, the one going to a seven and healthy is like crazy weird. Um, a one going to, or a seven going to one in stress, um, is just kind of them starting to look at those things of like, this isn't perfect. This isn't good enough to help me to like, get me out of this space. Um, so it's a little bit different. Okay. Love it. All right. Oh, here comes my first son. Hey baby. Okay. So what else, what do they bring to the table? They are, like I said, super fun. I mean, if you are needing someone to skip town with and go climb a mountain, they're going to say yes. They are just always the life of the party. And so they have just an innate ability to like bring joy and like amazing experiences to your life. And so, cause they're always looking for those new things. And so, um, they're very fun. They are, it's always really interesting. I actually have heard a lot of podcasts of like four and sevens put together, um, like couples, which is such a interesting combination. Yeah. It's like the four is like Eeyore and then the seven is like Tigger. And so it's like a weird combination, but they kind of mellow each other out. Like they kind Opposite. of bring the fun out of the four and the um, four will like calm the seven down. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's an interesting combination. I love that combination. I think that's great. Sorry if anybody hears either sniffing into the microphone or bumps into the microphone. Harley has joined us. Okay. I don't know what you want from me. He's naked. He has no collar on. Okay. Anything else that we should know about sevens? I don't think so. I think we're good to go. Okay, perfect. Let's bring in Nicole. Okay, welcome, Nicole, to Peeper Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. We're so excited. And you're Callie's sister, who, of course, was just on for our sixes. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Uh, Well, I first of all, I love sevens with my whole heart. I wish I was a seven every day. (laughs) (laughs) So this is very exciting for me. Um, but let's get to it. So Nicole, tell us who you are, what you do and something that you collect. 
Okay. Um, my name is Nicole. I am a seven wing eight most of the time. Um, the more I learn about wings and different literature I read, I think I'm, I think I get onto the theory of that we can be um, kind of flexible between both of them, right? Depending on situation or circumstance. Absolutely. I also like the idea that we're most whole when we pull off both of them. Like someone gave the imagery of like being a complete butterfly or being a complete bird or, or something, you know, like that idea. And I really like that. Um, but most of the time I pull hard on the eight. Um, okay. I'm also a sexual variant. So um, that also helped knowing that I don't think you have to know those things like right off the bat, but helping that helped me understand even more of where my behaviors were coming from. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been married for 14 years to a five. His name is Oscar. <laughs> we and love five husbands here. Eight-year-old daughter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I have learned to appreciate. I've always loved him. I have learned to appreciate him so much more um, in light of understanding the Enneagram. Okay. So yeah. Love that. <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been incredible eye-opening experience. Um, so anyways, we have a three-year-old daughter and her name is Fiona. Yes. I am, I am a dance instructor. That's, that's been my primarily, primary job throughout, I would say, or most consistent job throughout the last 18 years. Um, I was a hairdresser for about eight years. Um, I worked at a dance shop um, probably for maybe a little over a year, learned how to fit point shoes. Um, I was a pure bar instructor for as well. And then um, I would say I've been a student like on and off for the last 18 years. So okay. slowly and surely just uh, getting my undergrad, but such as awesome. life. Um, and then collect question is a challenge for me. I, um, <laughs> and I think this might, this might be my seven. I just feel like collecting something limits all the possibilities of things that I could be getting in my life. Right. So if I just say I'm collecting, then everyone is going to get me that thing. And I'm going to be like, well, but maybe I want like also this other thing too. So then it becomes this like, yeah, I collect this, but also if you want to get me something else. And so I just don't want to sound like that. Um, Amazing. <laughs> so I would say, right. I would say I collect, um, experiences. I would say that's like the thing that I look forward to, uh, you know, to do with other people, just, um, even by myself. So in general, I would say that that's kind of the best way I could answer that question. <laughs> I like that answer. I like that answer yeah. a lot. Those are long-term collectibles. You keep them yeah. forever, not maybe physically, but in the yeah. noggin. I love that. <laughs> this is already so fun. I was so excited. Okay. So Nicole, how did you discover your typing? What was that process like for you? So the process, I, I feel like the, when I was thinking about this, um, especially all the stuff that like podcasts I listened to with sevens being interviewed, I think, um, it's really challenging for a type seven to get invested in this work because, um, and I say this with, with the experience that we just, it's hard for us to acknowledge anything negative, right? Um, or anything that could be uh, like the shadow side, I guess, is another good example. Um, and so, I mean, inevitably, I know people sometimes, you, you hear people being blunt, you know, right? You know, like, well, they just say anything that comes to their mind and 
I feel like in my experience as a seven, like all I see is all the good things. And so like, that's literally that everything that just comes out of my mouth is like, Oh, I like your hat. Oh my gosh. I wish I wore glasses. Like, it's just like, you know, nothing really like negative really comes to mind. So even as I'm walking through my life and so with this, it's, it, it is a challenge, I think, for us to get invested in it because it makes us dig into that uncomfortable position that we are so trying to get away from. Like without even thinking about it, we're just removing ourselves, you know, like the opposite of a fly to a light. And so I think it's important for me to share that, um, which is really hard. I might even start crying. Um, okay. That... No worries. Take your time. I was at about 25, I was diagnosed with um, severe endometriosis. They found it not only in my reproductive organs, but in my colon, in my um, intestines, and all the way into my diaphragm. Um, and I was living with a lot of pain, actually, like mm -hmm. physical pain. Yeah. And it took probably 10 years to get diagnosed because I was always like, okay, well, it's not that bad. Like I can still do the things I can still push through and I can still do the things. And so I'm not going to really dig into that and find a lot of resolution. I'm just going to, they keep telling me it's something else. Okay, cool. We'll just try to solve it with this. That seems a little bit easier. Let's just do that. Um, then that led into infertility, um, which led into two uh, failed adoptions. Um, and it was, I was at a point in my life, um, in my marriage, it was just, if people are familiar, right. And the moment I say five, I'm sure a lot of people are going, well, how did you guys even, I feel like it's, it's one of those things that if you were to look up opposites attract in the dictionary, like mine and my husband's face would be like right there. Right. You know, like this is them, you know? And so knowing now just a lot of our stressors we react the complete opposite way, which in return clash with each other. So that was a struggle as well, dealing with a lot of that. Um, I had just found a place at work that my manager was amazing. Like I had come in kind of broken from everything that I was dealing with. And, and she was just the type of person that, um, she could just see the potential in everyone, you know, and she was patient. She wasn't, like I was not too much for her, which I feel like I'm too much for a lot of people. Um, it doesn't seem to deter my uh, too muchness very much, but it, it does seem to be on my radar that that is something that, that I kind of have to think a little bit um, and, and come to find out she's an eight. Um, and so she was definitely that person that it, it, she could talk through my ideas. I could come to ideas and she would just be like, uh, no, and this is why, or, oh, that's a great idea. Let's see how we can make that work. Um, never felt like I was competing with her or anything like that. It was just really, really neat. So she was on her way out and it really made me feel like, okay, I've got to pull myself together. You know, what can I do? And I mean, I have a faith in the Lord and, and I, I was still feeling disconnected, I guess would be a good word. And so on Instagram, I saw one of my friends post something about the Enneagram. And she not only posted about the Enneagram, but she posted what, like, what in reflection to her number and her type. And it was 
really interesting. And she even shared a little bit more. She's an eight as well. She even shared a little bit more about those uncomfortable things that she was just like being really open and honest with. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is kind of interesting. So I, I got online quickly and um, took a test and it gave me um, three numbers. It gave me seven, two, and four. And I, which more, the more I find out about the Enneagram, I think the four kind of come up, kind of came up through my sexual variant. Um, because they say like um, Enneagram sevens with a sexual variant can kind of resemble fours. And then the, right, then the next, right, it's so crazy. And then the next one is that's super high. That's always, I'm always trying to figure out what is really my top um, is the social variant. And um, that can look a lot like twos in their, in their behavior as well. So I was like, okay, that makes, right. Yeah. That's so crazy. Right. Our connection is just cool. I love um, and so yeah, I was like, oh, that, that makes so much sense. Because at first when I looked at those numbers, I was like, they don't really seem like very connected. Like, am I like crazy when I'm taking this test? Which could be because here's the thing. Even when I'm asked to give like passwords on stuff, I feel like it's a challenge to come up with the most creative thing. So none of my passwords are the same. Therefore, I can remember wow. nothing. Just FYI. Wow. So anyways, I thought, well, maybe that's why I took this in your grandma. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I, um, I read, um, I listened to podcasts mainly because I'm driving so much. Sure. So I a lot of sevens and I was just like, 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 are you like, are we like the same? Are we like the same person? Um, and I think that the hard thing about the seven was yes, the behaviors. Yes. Like what? Well, yeah, absolutely. All the things I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm, yes. Do I want all the things all the time? Yes. If I had to choose between two things, why can't I have both of them? Yes. All the answers are yes. You know, <laughs> um, at first I just had to be aware of what I was doing. So at first I just had to like, that's the only thing I could do. I could say, yep. I'm filling my schedule with stuff because I don't want to cope with this feeling or this uncertainty. When we were going through the adoption with my um, daughter, I was, um, I was working and going to school. And then um, I got asked to direct the Nutcracker and I was like, sure. Yes, absolutely. When everybody was like, what the heck? Like, why would you do that? And at the time I remember thinking, um, I know I don't need one more thing, but I kind of do need one more thing. So and I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to be this. And I just have to, I, I just have to do it. Right. And so yeah. for me, I don't know if it's um, the right way of looking at it, but for me, in order to make any of these uncomfortable changes, I have to say, well, first let my awareness magnify it. And then I can just choose whether I can actually like sit or not sit with it. And just, maybe I have to just keep doing my behaviors that I would normally do that I probably Next time I go, okay, next time. And as you, and I, and I tell myself, as you go through this, you're going to be reminded why you should have said no, or you're going to be reminded why this is not okay, you know, or whatever. And, and really, really be aware, you know, and have like little notes for myself. Like, this is why anytime you feel overwhelmed, like this is why you should have stopped and, you know, done whatever. And not in a condemning way, but just in a way of like, see, this is affirming. It's okay to make these decisions to say no. So yeah. anyways, um, to kind of, wrap back to like, how did, you know, how did I find this? I think it's the, where I came from was why not only when I found it, when I found it was so great, but sticking with it because I'm on year, I think I, 
really started diving in in 2017 and okay. I'm still, I'm still reading books. I'm still listening to podcasts. I'm still ugh, journaling. Ugh, ugh. I, <laughs> I always say like, also like, you know, your number when they tell you to do the thing and you're like, I don't really want to do that thing. Can I do okay. that? Like whatever three supposed to do, or can I do whatever like one's supposed to do? I want to do that thing. I don't want to do the thing that seven's supposed to do or whatever. I feel like that's another good indication of when your self growth is like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, no, I can, I can attest to that. Oh yeah. Well, first off, Nicole, thank you for sharing that bit of your life with us and for being vulnerable and for taking on those feelings that are so hard for a seven. So just thank you for that and for letting us into your heart. I really appreciate that and love vulnerability. So thank you. Um, and I, I just, that was such a beautiful description of what the Enneagram can do for your life and what it can provide for you. So I, oh, I just love that. Like that gave me goosebumps hearing about it. So thank you. You bet. <laughs> and of course, Megan and I are all about the feels. So we, yeah. I'm up. working on that, but that is like, like, I want to be like, shut up. <laughs> We you don't know it. So Laura is a type two. Um, I am a, and I'm also a sexual variant. Um, and so I'm all for like the one-on-one deep emotional conversation. Let's do it. Yes. So, oh yeah. This is totally. So we've got a seven. And I think that's what kind of at first was a struggle for some people being like, you don't have emotions because I, I would say that I can sit with people when they are going through something um, or want to just talk and like get into stuff, right? Like dive in deeper and and all that kind of, um, it's just fascinating. But if somebody wants to do that with me, like personally, I think that's where the seven kind of pushes out in me and kind of is like, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. And this is all the exciting things that have been happening. And if I have nothing exciting to share, it's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. working on that, but it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Megan. Um, when it comes to conflict, how do you react? Like what's your first instinct? Um, so my first instinct with conflict is, um, bring it. I mean, I, (laughs) I, I feel like, I feel like when, there's something about conflict that creates deeper intimacy or deeper um, relationship, deeper trust. Um, and so if I have, I have a couple of answers to this question. So that, that first one is if in that regards, if someone is coming to me with conflict, I am open. I am wanting to hear what they have to say. I'm want, I'm asking questions to further understand, to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what they're Yep. Um, saying also so that I can really understand how to respond and, um, and understand kind of what they're needing. Um, in work, especially, I don't have a problem. I, I, like, again, I welcome it. I feel like I cannot grow if I don't have that, that conversation, you know. And inevitably, if somebody has a problem or, or there is a conflict, you, you feel it somehow. There's just, you know, and for me, it's not necessarily like emotional feeling. It's a, like, now I'm not going to have as much fun because this is going to be awkward, you know? Mm -hmm. And so let's address it. Let's talk about it. 
Um, personal close relationships, I don't have a problem either going to them and talking to them either. And, and, and um, I would say uh, some of my withdrawn stanced friends would say I could bulldoze <laughs> a bit. I'm sure <laughs> they would use much nicer words because <laughs> one of my withdrawn stanced friends is a nine. So she is just like beyond so kind and thoughtful with her words. But um, but, but like, that would be like, exactly. And my husband would definitely use that word because he has no problem being blunt and honest with how he would describe that. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, that's because I want res resolution and I want, um, I just want, a, and I think I want that closer relationship in the end. And I want, um, that I also think how I grew up, um, my mom was really big into resolutions as well. So I think I got to see how, um, communicating when there was a disagreement could also end positively. Like uh, mm -hmm. most of the time it ended positively, even though the in-between was harder, you know, yeah. um, my, my dad is an eight. And so like, he was all about the conflict and I, and I was all about matching intensity. So we didn't really have a, have problems doing that either. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, would stress out my mom or sometimes my <laughs> siblings, but like it, that wasn't a problem. Now, if I have to bring a complaint or a concern or a telling someone that they need to be doing something else in work or with a, you know, possibly a relationship that is like, I'm not that close with, uh -huh. I don't like doing that at all. Sure. And I'm, I'm in, in, at, at all, like, at, like I will kind of talk myself out of it or I will minimize, oh, well, I think all the positive things, one of my, um, one of, one of my past bosses would be like, Nicole, you could tell someone off and they would tell you, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's probably because in the end, it wouldn't even be like addressing the issue that at hand, I'd probably just be encouraging them to do what they were doing like well. And then now the problem's still not solved. So, <laughs> so I would say like, I have a complicated relationship with conflict, but it's kind of divided like that, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Good answer. This is always our favorite questions. We like to see how each type responds and almost every single one is hide <laughs> completely. Mm, yeah. So it's always refreshing to hear someone just be like, let's go, bring it. Even Callie last time, she was like, I, I, I really solve I it. Think, uh -huh. Yeah. And, and yeah, and Callie and I have a hard, I would say that it sometimes is, is challenging because we're both, Yep. <laughs> At it. You know what I mean? Yep. Sometimes, you know, oh. I mean, it resolves, right. But there can be, um, an intensity there as well. Oh, God, but again, it's there. like, it's, that's okay. Uh, that's fine with me. It doesn't really, yeah. um, and maybe the age thing too, like we're 11 years apart. So yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I really think it's helpful to see resolution and the more you can see that, the more you can be comfortable with what has to happen in order to get that, you know? Um, so it just has, you kind of like have to like dive in, but I'm not the one that tests the waters. I'm the one that literally like cannonballs in still at 37 years old into the water. So much as like, such as my approach to life on mo most things anyways. So yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, this is going to be another good one. Uh, what has quarantine been like for you this year? Did you get a quarantine? Yeah. Well, 
I would say, um, you know, the seven in me would, uh, of course, want to be like, yes, quarantine was awesome. I got to spend time with my family that I never get to see um, because my husband's a school teacher. I'm a dance teacher, so our schedule's opposite. Um, I get, uh, I was in school as well. And so I was not being able to see my um, daughter as much either. So that was really nice. Got to be outside and I love to be outside. I don't really get to as much, but, um, but in reality, I felt completely limited, restricted and confined. Yeah. And as we know, that's like seven's death sentence. And I was dealing with so much anxiety, um, mm-hmm. And was so uncomfortable. And it was, again, I feel like the Lord is like, oh, you want to work on something? Here you go. This is it. You can work on it. And let me give you actually, it, instead of just like, you know, like, what is it? Like, Lord, give me patience. He doesn't give you patience. He gives you something to practice patience with or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I felt like um, once I started kind of shifting my mindset, it kind of helped me go, okay, like what's true about this and what's not true, you know? Um, I also had decided um, for the first time in my life to make a serious um, uh, career goal mm-hmm. and really singly focus on one thing. And being working in the arts, so that was teaching dance. I want to complete my undergrad. I also want to get my master's. I want to have the opportunity to teach college if that's possible. And um, when quarantine happened, I was like, wait, hold on. I I was like, so proud of myself, like maybe a little too proud of myself, but like really proud of myself for, you know, sticking, like really just committing to one thing, you know, that's so hard. And even then it kind of makes me want to throw up a little, but I, I felt like that, I felt really confident in that. And I was, um, and then when quarantine happened, I was like, well, I don't, is this a smart thing to, you know, the head, right. Taking in the information from the head. Is this a smart thing to do? Is this the right thing to do? Is this good for my family? Is this going to, am I just going to waste all this money um, pursuing this degree? That's going to get me nowhere, you know? Um, And I still have those questions and I, but you know, nothing else is like besides the fact of that, but nothing else has really come in to say, no, find something else. So I'm continually taking one step forward in that direction. Sure. But it, it definitely was a moment of all my future plans have come crashing down. And that's, 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 that's really where a seven likes to live. So mm-hmm. it was very, very, very hard. Sure. Oh, yeah. I think really, especially for a seven, I think that would be really difficult. I'm not just, I mean, not even being able to interact at your normal level Um, but just not even being able to interact at all. Oh yeah. And I got to do a lot of, um, zoom teaching through zoom, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was so thankful. I was so thankful. Um, but it was so different and I don't think I was prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for the, the, you know, everybody has to be on mute in order to hear me. And so like, I'm like, you know, teaching, 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 you got it. And then everybody's like dead silence, like crickets. And I'm like, okay, thumbs up. And, or, you, you know, and you're just like, knock, knock, knock anyone. And then, you know, and then everybody like unmutes themselves and they're like, no, mute yourself back. I can't, you know, I can't hear it. So it's just, it was just this, this like comedy of errors. Right. And, and so draining. And I just thought, oh my gosh. Um, I'm thankful, you know, again, so good at reframing, but at the same time, 
it challenged me to be honest and express more of my feelings. And I have some great friends that are so um, just because most people are like most people, they don't care about hearing negative things. Like, and that's at first, like, I don't want to bring that in. Right. But like, most people are like, that's fine. You can tell me those things. That's fine. And it's not going to ruin my day. (laughs) And so it was great practice for me in that regards to kind of open that up and trust a little bit, even though, you know, like on my way home, I'm like texting them. Sorry. I like brought you guys down by saying blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh my gosh, Nicole, (laughs) like none of us were thinking that. (laughs) Right. So and being able to trust that that's true, right? You know. Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay, so Nicole, how do you like to give love? I um, I really like to share experiences and um, encouragement. So, if we're going off like the love languages or whatever, right? The um, quality time and. Um, words of affirmation are probably like the things that just naturally come and um, quality time's kind of interesting for me because I wouldn't say like I crave it personally, but it's like a natural instinct when someone is in need that I want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not even like um, that I'm the person that's going to be like, let's go do this and let's go do that. And like, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 but it's definitely like, if someone calls me up or, or like, I know that someone's struggling with something, it's like, I want to be present with them. Um, which I think bodes to aggressive or assertive type that doesn't really think about that person, but only whatever you have to give. Okay. So I need to work on that a little bit more, but, um, but that's, I would say that's how, like, I would, do that. And so it's been kind of like, um, an interesting thing with me and my husband, because, uh, you know, like he doesn't really need too much words of encouragement. In fact, like right. one thing to encourage him when he's stressed out is just leave him alone. And so that's been, um, interesting for me and a, and a balance to respect, right. And to know, um, and improved our relationship a ton. So that's interesting. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, like no matter what, like somebody could call me at like midnight and I'm like in the car already, ready to go and be there, you know? Um, and so for some people that's nice and they like that for other people, it's, it's good to know what they really like and yeah. they just need some alone time. Right. Absolutely. Um, but encouragement is probably like the first thing I'm always, you know, in tune to that kind of, um, way to give love. Okay. Awesome. Then on the flip side, how do you like to receive love? Um, I loved when my sister said, can I be a brat and say all of them? <laughs> because I feel the same way. Um, uh, to, some de- to some degree. I mean, you know, it's like, again, I think that's like my seventh situation of like, why have, like, why do I only get to pick one, right? Um, however, I would say like the ones that really, there are the ones that really feed my soul. And, and um, the two I think that come up for me the most are uh, gifts and um, the acts of service. Sure. Because I really think it feeds into my lost childhood message, um, you will be taken care of, right? Or, or that, that idea that I think no one wants to take care of me or I have to take care of myself. And so, and we're talking like somebody getting, like if Oscar borrows my car and fills up my gas tank, like that means a lot to me, right? Or um, I had like my sister, like, Venmo me for like five bucks out of nowhere just for fun, you know? And it was just like, 
it, little things, but it was just like, it meant so much. Um, I'm not a person that has like an orderly fashion about herself. And so if someone were to come and organize my kitchen for me, uh, I would love that. Like absolutely love that. So there's just, um, and of course, like I, I love sharing experiences with others. I think that's, um, my husband like fed into all my sevenness with, um, we were at a random place and all of a sudden we were at the mall, right? But it was a random place for this gesture, right? So we're at like the food court of the mall and he like hands me like an envelope out of nowhere, like subtly, like open this, you know? And so I'm opening it and inside is a puzzle. Like now I have to like find a place to sit down and put together this puzzle that reveals a um, picture of Machu Picchu that says, you know, in like two months we're going to Peru. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is awesome. Wow. You know, like, just this gift. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like, we're going to YOLO this. And I'm just like, it's just so awesome. It was just so great. You know, it was a surprise. It was unexpected. Um, And that's something that Oscar and I really enjoy to do together. And this is where our our personalities combined really work to well. He is the planner. He is strategic in doing all the things. So when we go on vacations and stuff, like, he just like, what do you want to do? And I'm just like, oh, and I just say all of the things. And he's (laughs) like, all right. And it's like he, it's like his like little investigative mind is like, how can I make this work? Right. We went to Spain one time and he was, and I was like, he was like, where do you want to go? And he was like, do you want to go to Madrid or Barcelona? And I was like, well, how about, well, running to the bulls is right. You know, when that happens too, let's go do that. And then let's go do this. And then pretty soon he's like, okay, so now we're going to go to 13 cities in the two weeks. And I think we've got this. And I'm like, ah, here we go. So anyways, um, just, and I, and I even consider that planning aspect, like an acts of service, if that makes sense. Absolutely. those things are just, just really, really nice. So, so yeah. I also feel like he as a five would really enjoy those kinds of things because like, like Machu Picchu, there's so much history and knowledge based around that. So he's oh. like, you're having fun on the experience. I'm learning all of the things. Yes. Oh yes. Like, and, and just the, uh, trying to figure out how to make something work in general Especially because I usually, you know, give him all the crazy, you know, let's, let's try to make cram all this in. And he's like challenge accepted, you know, or whatever. So yeah. They do and then he's really the nice way. when, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. And then he's really nice when I'm like petering out because the challenge was a little too extreme maybe. And he doesn't make us feel, make me feel bad for being like, okay, let's go take a nap. Cause usually he's like, yeah, that sounds good too. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love that. What a fun idea to, to do the puzzle and then have it be a surprise. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like literally <laughs> the best, like the best. I love And that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. Alex, if you're listening, that's what I want. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's my yeah. Enneagram five. Yes. And I think for us, like, me being so assertive, him being so withdrawn, I think we've really had to come into our own, um, like almost more, like almost catered specific marriage roles too, you know, and kind of reassessed what that looks like for us. And that's instead of us trying to fit into whatever tradition has said needs to happen. So 
and, and the Enneagram has really helped support it. He says that it is given, um, you know, he, he, I think he said it best when he was like, uh, how did he say it? It's like, he said it helped give words to what was going on inside of us that we just couldn't articulate. Right. And, um, and so, and then being able to trust that when we do articulate, okay, that's how you not like, are you sure that's how you feel? Or are you sure that's what you're thinking? Are you sure that's why you did what you did? You know, but like taking it at, at, that value right so anyways that's great yeah okay moving right along here what is something you wish everyone else knew about the sevens oh my goodness it's always hard that's that's my downfall is to uh be specific about anything um so i'm going to like maybe speak to my fellow sevens and then speak to people that are um, maybe in interaction or just learning about them. Maybe they're not even in interaction, but they're learning about the different personality types. Right. Um, so I think for my sevens, I think I would say that you have, at least in the literature that I've read and I feel it's true to me, you have two ways of coping with anxiety. And one is you keep your mind occupied occupied on projects and activities. And the other one is you do trial and error method, right? So you say yes to everything and then whatever works, works, okay? Um, And in uh, Chris Hewitt's Sacred Enneagram, he talks about um, kind of what I find fascinating. And the prayer posture for sevens is silence ready I like feel a little part of me die inside which actually probably a good thing that's why um and then silent uh, and then prayer intention is rest and again you know you're this number when you don't want to do either one of those when they just seem like pure torture um but I've been I think replacing the ways to cope in in the ways of just silence and rest and and um my faith is in Jesus and and I I that is kind of where I go but even if that wasn't you know someone's like go to the silence and rest i think for a seven is just something to embrace and i'm talking like one minute at a time right because we're not going to climb mountain right away even though we want to but if we do it's not going to be sustainable so if we try to like because i know like i try to go like all or nothing on a lot of things and nothing is sustainable that way so even if it's like a minute or like two minutes or set your timer for five minutes and just don't move just Try, and if it wanders, bring your mind back to nothing, you know, um, and little bit by little bit, see how that impacts your day. Um, I think that's really important. And just to be aware, awareness without condemn- condemnation is is so freeing, you know, kind of like what I was referring to earlier about just like, well, I'm aware that this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I might have to do it anyways, because I'm not strong enough not to yet. But, you know, just that um, acknowledgement is kind of lets us not have to be so defensive about things, right? Um, which is nice, um, for the people that have to deal with, um, or like maybe have sevens or is that I think, um, it's been really interesting to, um, again, Chris Hewitt, he's, he's just like gets the heart of things so well. I don't know what it is about his writing, but it says people misunderstand sevens by suggesting that they typically lack the ability to follow through with all the amazing things they give themselves to this is rooted in the value that sevens place on freedom to bring closure to anything forces limitation on the freedom they seek 
to establish in their own lives and create for others. And so I think being patient, being understanding, um, knowing that it's not really necessarily flakiness, although it could be, right? I mean, but that it's more than likely not. It's the idea of closure is hard for a seven. They might also just go MIA, right? Without really saying like any kind of whatever. It's just kind of, they want to keep that open-endedness, right? Um, which is important to a seven, I think. Um, and that, let's see. I think those are really important. And I think too that we forget sometimes to check in on our sevens. And I was having a conversation with my sister earlier and talking about how sevens, I, I've, I've read multiple times that sevens can have really easy uh, like trip up into substance abuse and addiction. And I can see that. I can see that, especially through my experience. I could, if I didn't have the support and the faith and the, and, and just people checking in on me, um, even if they didn't get the response, cause you probably won't get the response you are hoping for, you know, um, I, I pulled away a lot during that time. And I think just having that, support system checking in and being okay with whether I'm going to respond or not. And just knowing that I have people in my life around me was very, was very helpful. Um, and that not everything is always like most of, I mean, we're just really good at reframing. So it doesn't mean that we're not dealing with negative or, or thinking about, or just, or sometimes feel dragged down. And a lot of times I think for sevens, where as negative emotions for people is a part of their life. Like it's been really helpful for me to observe that in Oscar. Like it's just a part of his life. It's not, a, and it goes away. Like it comes, it goes away. Like yeah. it's not going to stay forever. And for a seven, I feel like I, the feeling of being stuck and not getting out of it is real. Like is, is so real and dealing with it. Um, one night I just stopped for a second cause my mind was just going and I was like, I'm going to do the journal thing. I wrote down everything that I was feeling, which, ugh. It's just journaling. I can't, I can't with journaling, but it's so good for me. And, um, I'm writing down all the things and I literally, like, I literally felt a weight lifted off and I was just like, okay, like it's okay. See Nicole, it did not like, they did not stay forever. They're not staying forever. And when you deny them, they will linger. It will come up. You will have breakdowns. You will have the time where everything just explodes out of your body and people are thinking it's them or a situation or whatever. And it's really not, you know? And so more damage is done, right? So I think um, that is really helpful to understand. And, um, and then I think the Enneagram sheds light that everybody's coming from a different perspective. I mean, we say there's nine types, but then with instinctual variants with wings, I mean, there's could be 27, there could be a lot more, right? And we just have people coming from different points of view. And before you assert yourself in whatever you think someone else is thinking, it's good to like, take it just a step back in general and ask them more questions. So yep, absolutely. So yeah. Um, and then the last thing I think that's been really helpful, I've even been working on this with, um, with my dance um, and improvisation in one of my classes that I have is how aware I am that I take everything through my head and even through movement. And this scripture is something that I'm really trying to embody is Matthew 22, 37. It says, love the most high um, God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Right. And I think sometimes in this world, you know, the head can even like, even like society can place such value on the head. Right. 
where such value on positivity and such value where you're just like, I mean, for me, it's like, oh yeah, I can do all those things. This is great. You know, and it's feeding into that imbalance that I have and it is not good. Right. It's not good. Um, and this verse just reminds us even that like, it's important, like they're all intellectual places, your heart, your gut, your head. It's, it's, you need to have a balance of everything. And so I find that I resist my heart the most out of everything. Um, and so really trying to dive in and be comfortable with that is. Okay. What do you love about being a seven? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, right. Like everything. No, just kidding. <laughs> All the good things. <laughs> um, I like, I like the ability I, at first I didn't realize that being able to see like the positive things, like first, like literally the first thing that comes to my mind before anything else, this is also side note, what gets me into trouble. A lot of things is because I say yes to a lot of things that I'm like, and then I'm kind of disappointed that how it turned out because all I saw was the positive, <laughs> but I do like that. I think that learning how to manage it has been helpful. I also think that like, even the hard things that I have are good used in moderation right and it's that idea of moderation that is most important because even my good qualities or what i would think are good qualities can roll be like turn really bad and turn really self um just sabotaging you know if you're not um because even that positivity like if i think like if i take it to the extreme and also think that everything that i do is great you know and then why you know like why is people getting frustrated with me or why blah, 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 you know you're just like yeah. Okay. That's not so good. Right. So even right. that can be not so good. So I, I do like the ability to like bring energy and I, I tend to, even on my worst days have just a, a crazy amount of energy. One of my students, when I told them I was having a hard time and I needed to get a sub, they were like, uh, well, when you look stressed, it looks different than when I look stressed. And I was, I was like, I was like, don't worry on Monday. I was like crying all day long. And they were like, Oh, and I think that's like, that's a good thing is because sometimes we're not going to project. It's not that we're trying to hide it. It's just that we just don't project sometimes that feeling, you know, it's just not there at the surface for us until it is there. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's always good to remember that about a seven too. So, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish I looked probably that way when I'm stressed. <laughs> I know, I know. In my head, I was like, I look like a disaster, but thanks, I guess. I don't know. Oh, man. Well, um, is there anything else that you want people to know about the sevens? No, I would encourage, I would encourage everyone, you know, before they toss this great, awesome, useful, helpful tool um, before they like just toss it aside, find ways that you connect with information. So if that's a podcast, listen to some good podcasts, right? Um, Enneacast has a great, um, they are great. They have a love thy neighborhood, I think is who puts it on. And they have some really interesting perspectives on, and just really interesting ways of delivering information. Um, if you like to read, there's just such great literature out there for it. Um, and if you're somebody who can't read your number, read everyone else's then. I mean, you're going to get benefits. I can't tell you how many times I'm a teacher. So I, you're not supposed to type people because it's, 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 it's really based on not behavior, but inter internal motives. But if you're thinking about triads, you know, you could say, 
well, I have students that kind of fall in aggressive triad or compliant or withdrawn. And how am I going to interact with them? Right. I think that, um, you know, a couple of my students who I, that I think are, you know, more aggressive, you know, I give them more tasks to do. Like they're in charge of my music. They're in charge of taking role. Like, and once we do that, we're not vying for power in class. Right. And then one of my students, um, her mom said she was a lot like me and we had private lessons and, and, um, but she always came kind of really emotional to her private lessons. And, but I always thought she was like me because that's what her mom said. So we just kind of like shut those aside and like got to work. And I'm telling you, it was not effective at all. Come to find out she's um, working with her mom in the Enneagram. She's a four. And if I had, a, if I had just kind of had that on my, which I should have stopped and kind of thought about what was happening in our privates. But if I had just let her talk a little bit more and just like, 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 done stuff a little bit different and, and use that a little bit more in our lessons, we would have been much more productive. So I think, you know, I didn't have to know everything, right? But even if I just know little bits or start to think about things in that way, it helps me connect to my students in a way so, so beautifully that it, it, it would have been harder otherwise, or, you know, you just find yourself connecting to the same type of students, right? You know, and the other ones, it's just kind of a struggle. And so it's a really amazing tool that I would encourage just everyone to dive into a little bit you know mm -hmm. we appreciate the uh plug to embrace the enneagram because we yeah. have people who won't listen to these yeah. episodes <laughs> and they're like no listen <laughs> yeah no for real though yeah and when people say they take a test i'm like okay well that's good but how many books have you read have you listened to any podcast and also are you are you really thinking about the childhood wounds because that's really just taking a test and sometimes tests are not accurate exactly amen to that I originally typed as a seven mm. yeah and then you what you do is you live out right you're living out like what you thought you typed and then like all the self-help stuff or all the awareness stuff is not making any kind of dent or impact or anything right mm -hmm. because I don't know I, I don't want to speak for you but as a four are you like well, yeah, journaling, sweet. Yeah. Writing down like feelings. Let's do this. I don't know. But as a seven, I'm like, heck no. I am. I, when I do journal, I really like to, I don't journal. I really only journal when I'm like really low. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. So then, but then it's really funny when I open my journal, it's like all of these, like almost like pity party emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, we know what that was used for. <laughs> I take the journal that I have. It's either like me taking Bible study notes or me like being like, I'm crying. So here's all of my emotions. And so like when I open it to go and like take Bible study notes or like read the Bible or something, and then I like open it to the wrong page. I'm like, ugh, like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Going back and reading like, I'm like, okay, this was very helpful and I can see where I was coming from. Sure. And some, oh, that was so dramatic. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I think we have the same journaling style then. So there you go. All right, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us and being our seven. Me. This is like a bucket list item. So like I am, I was like so pumped. Yeah. Like so pumped. Like two bucket list items to be on a podcast and to be interviewed as a set. Like I can't. <laughs> we are here to cross like, the I'm be like, like floating on the cloud for the rest of the week. So yes, love it. 
All right, Nicole. Well, let's get you back and talk more Enneagram stuff soon. That's right. Thank you guys so much. It was nice to meet you. friends that's it that is all of our Enneagram series and oh my gosh it is very bittersweet sweet to have experienced all these wonderful conversations um, and just really growing in ourselves and in our relationships that's what the whole point of this was is to truly become the best version of ourselves and I hope that this brought a lot of knowledge and insight into those around you um, I just have to say a big thank you to every guest that we had. Everybody was absolutely phenomenal and just their spirits and their hearts and their faith and everything just came to light. And I just feel lucky to know these people and to be in the process of getting to know them better through these conversations. And guys, I can't end this series without thanking Megan. She has been phenomenal as our Enneagram expert and with her being one of my best friends already this just truly grew our friendship even more and just really strengthened that bond so I am so happy that Megan and I got to do this together it's been so much fun while we are in the process of recording new content and taking our break make sure to follow us at p for podcast for updates and follow Megan at the Monday Co Thank you guys again for jumping on this roller coaster with us and enjoying the ride, and we will see you next time.